All right, uh, final segment, and our special guest right now is uh, the son of Rafael Palmero, former Oriole. He is Preston Palmero, who has spent uh, the early part of his pro career now in the Orioles organization, first with Aberdeen, last year with Delmarva, where he had a pretty good year, 13 homers, 77 RBI. Uh, Preston, welcome to the bat round. Good to be here. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, let me ask you something. You, 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 thirteen homers, seventy-seven RBI last year, two fifty-three average. So the slash line is two fifty-three, three nineteen, three ninety-nine. I know you feel that that can be better, but overall, that year with Delmarva last year, after a slow start, you really came on and got into an offensive groove. Yeah, I mean, I would say the final numbers. Some people probably look at it and. And kind of be like, well, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of low numbers, I guess, in that triple slash line. But uh, like you said, from where I started at the beginning of the year, it's almost a miracle that I made it to that point. Um, I had a really tough opening month, and from there, I kind of picked it up, and I was able to find some consistency throughout the year, and uh, kind of trailed off again at the end. But you know, it's the first full season. You know, you, know, you learn a lot, and you kind of you learn how to deal with a, a full year of baseball. What was the biggest adjustment that you made to, to, to improve those numbers? Because, obviously, I got a chance to see a couple of the at-bats when we were down there, and I talked to you. Uh, but what were some of the adjustments that you had to make? Well, he was probably, first um, of all, Preston, to, Preston to, sorry to interrupt you. You were probably really pressing knowing Craig Heist was in, yeah. in the audience <laughs> yeah, that night. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's what it was. I, I was a little worried he was there, you know, big-time guy uh, out there watching me. But, uh no, I just, I don't know. I just got out of the gate and I, I got off to a slow start. And I think I was, I was actually pressing then. You know, I was, I was a little worried. And, um, you know, coming from just you know high school, college, you know, you don't play obviously the 140 game schedule, and a lot of times you just you kind of worry about, man, I'm not doing this, I'm not doing this. And when you realize that, you know, 25 games go by and there's still another 115 out there for you to play, you can kind of slow down and just, you know, find some things and start working. I just tried to take it day by day and get to a point where, you know, I was making good, consistent, hard contact, and I just tried to, you know, go from there, take it as long as I could, and, um, you know, things, it took a while. I mean, I started feeling better in early May, and I would say it didn't until about early June is when I finally kind of clicked and took off, but, I mean, with it being a long season, the biggest thing for me was realizing that I had time and that there was no real reason to press so much and I could just kind of be myself. We're talking with Preston Palmero. He played his uh, second uh, professional season with the Delmarva Shorebirds. Preston, a long time ago when I started out in talk radio, there was a guy who worked for the Orioles. He was one of the early stat guys. You know, that today they'd call it the metrics and all that stuff. And one of the things he always pointed out to me is to watch a hitter, how they progress in the strikeout-to-walk ratio. Yours, mm-hmm. yours was not horrible, but it's it not great either. Are you aware of that, the need to improve that, and thereby improve on base percentage? 100%. I mean, I I would say that my, my strikeouts are way too high. Um, I think anybody that, you know, ignores that, that stat – um, do, do you know? know do you know the number from last year? I don't know it exactly off the top of my head. One thirty-three. Too much. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was one. Th- that- it was one thirty-three to forty-three. 
What would you think would um, be good? Would it be like a hundred to sixty? Would you be happier there? Uh, yeah, I would say that if that had been the numbers, I'd be happier yeah. with that. Obviously, I would like to get it as close to one to one as possible. Um, you know, even if it was a hundred strikeouts, you know, you would like to walk a hundred times because then at least you kind of have like almost you know it cancels out. You were productive one time and you were completely unproductive another time. You know, and it. Um, I would prefer to not strike out ever. I would prefer to have had 43 strikeouts and 43 walks. Right. Because um, that probably means I would have been getting a lot of hits. But um, the strikeout thing is something that I have to improve. I mean, I think in baseball today, people strike out and nobody really thinks too much about it. And I hate it. And it's, I mean, I, I guess people that usually strike out a lot, people think that they don't really care about it. But it's frustrating and I try to get better at it. And it's something I'm, well, you know, aware of, and I want to work on it and just keep getting better at it. Well, remember, getting more comfortable with two strikes. Remember when I asked the question, I said this stat guy, early stat guy, said, "Look at the ratio." He didn't say he was. He wouldn't have been worried about your number of strikeouts. It's the mm-hmm. relationship to the walks because then when you get the walks thrown in there, it starts to improve that on base percentage, and suddenly you're yeah, 345, exactly. 350. I mean, like I said, if yeah. If I struck out a hundred times, I would need to walk at least close to a hundred or you know ninety something up there where you're getting on it still a respectable amount. I'm sure. I'm sure you get a lot of input uh, from your dad, but mm-hmm. in that progression last Did year, his dad played ball. Oh yeah, his dad played a lot of good ball. Uh, but uh, what was Ryan Miner like as a sounding board for you? Your 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 manager at Delmarva. Miner was awesome. He was, I mean, he's a really, he's a calm manager. You know, he's real laid back, real easy, um, real easy guy to play for. He teaches um, a lot, you know, during the games as, as little things happen that are kind of, uh, that are different, you know, that, that aren't the obvious baseball things. He kind of points them out like the finer points of the game. Um, and he, you know, he pulled me aside a couple times early in the year when I was struggling and he told me, you know, hey, just you know, don't worry, relax. You know, we know you're you're better than what you're doing, and you're a good player. So he was he was great to to play for. I love playing for Miner. Well, it's funny because when 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 the record got to be what it was in August and things of that nature in terms of the team, and you guys were dealing with uh, some injuries, I know. Uh, but the other part of it was, I always remember seeing quotes from Ryan going, "Well, you know." We we need Palmero in that cleanup spot and, and things. Yeah, so you exactly. guys you guys dealt with a lot of things last year. We did, we did. Um, but I mean, it was a fun year. I mean, baseball is just it's kind of like that, you know. Just just a just a general learning experience, I guess, right? Yeah, it really is. I mean, um, sorry, my dog is going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Not the right time to have my dog outside, but at least it, at least um, that explains it. Do you need to run over and get him? No, no I'm good. I got him. All right, We're all fine. right, super. Sorry what's your dog? That, what kind anyway. of dog is it? English bulldog. Yeah. Oh, and what's his Mom, name? Mom Lynn has a lot of those. <laughs> she does. Yeah, she let him out. I'm on the phone, but his name is Winston. Winston, tell Winston we yeah. said hello. That's right. So well. So he's what's off. The, he's being a better dog now. What's your game plan as you see it? Do you think you're ready for that next step up to Frederick as the club 
Uh, talk to you a little bit about that. How does that get determined? Um, I think that's something more determined in spring training, um, kind of based on how you perform. You know, usually you go in and we have like an an entrance meeting, I mm-hmm. guess is what it's called, and they kind of talk to you about the year and the plan and, you know, what they think um, your goals should kind of be and based on the, the type of spring training you have. And uh, I think Frederick is, is a realistic um, shot for me next year. And, um, I mean, I think, I think I'm ready for that jump. It's just a matter of, of me going into spring training and, you know, showing that I've grown as a player and that, you know, I'm ready to take another step. Well, now you did get a chance to play in one of the Orioles' major league games in spring training last year. Am I correct with that? Yeah, I played in the uh, the very first game last yeah. year in spring training. So what was that experience like just to be – I mean, I know you grew up around it and you were at the ballpark all the time with Dad, but when you – all of a sudden you're standing out there on first base or you're, you're in the batter's box, what was that like to be out there and just take a look at your around at your surroundings? It was honestly one of the most like nerve-wracking experiences of my life. Um, I mean, it was incredible, though. It was up there with incredible as well. You know, I uh, I really wasn't expecting that, um, especially on the first day of spring training. And um, I was down in Florida for early camp, and it was seven thirty-eight in the morning, whatever. I'm having my breakfast over on the minor league side, and somebody comes in and grabs me, and like, "Hey, you got to go over to the big league side. You got to go." play with the big league team i'm like what you know like i'm not expecting this at all this is not how i'm expecting my friday to go right and so i i go over and um you know they're like hey just just go with the team you know somebody can't play i think it was david washington couldn't play that day it hurt his shoulder or something so i was there to fill in for mancini if uh whenever he came out of the game and I remember I was just kind of the first throw I made in warm-ups I threw into the stands by the way just to, uh-huh. to let you know how nervous I was and you know I'm doing all my stuff take VP whatever I'm sitting there for seven innings not doing anything and all of a sudden they're like hey Trey gets a hit you're going in and running so I haven't played in a game in four months haven't run the bases in four months first thing I got to go do is, is run the bases and I'm just <laughs> terrified I'm like, man, just don't get picked off. Whatever you do, do not get picked off, or you'll never play in the big leagues. Did did, did Buck say anything to you or not? Um, no, he kind of. I, I mean, I said hey to him. Um, the like towards the end of the game, I didn't. I didn't really want to bother him. I mean, I, for one, I was I was terrified enough. I just didn't really want to get in his way. <laughs> you know, I mean, first day of spring training, their games. I know he's watching a lot of guys. He's got a lot a lot more important things going on than worrying about me, but I just I kind of wanted to stay out of his way. We used to have a guy here in Baltimore, Charlie Ekman, who did radio yeah. for a long, long time, and his one of his great phrases was, it's a very simple game. And it's not all that simple, is it? It's not. It's like, <laughs> I was, it's, you think it's like just run, throw, catch, and hit, and it's like the farthest thing from that. You know, it's, it's a chess game. Let me ask you, uh, have you touched, el- rubbed elbows yet with Terry Crowley, one of the organization's old-time uh, hitting instructors uh, throughout the organization? I have, I have not. I know him from when my dad played, though. Yeah. But I haven't since I've, uh, since I've signed, I haven't. All right. Well, if you see him down there at Twin Lakes this year, tell him we said hello. Uh, Absolutely. And, and start to pick his brain as much as possible. Uh, he's one of the, he's that's, really that's one of the do. yeah he's one of the really good people in baseball and can teach 
hitting as well as anybody. All right, one of the other reasons we wanted to have you on the show, and you and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago privately, is that all of a sudden a story, a couple of stories get written, and, and it surfaces that uh, Dad is thinking about a comeback at age 53. Now, number one, I know the swing is probably something that never leaves, but, you know, you told me how great a shape he is in. What What is his thinking on this now as he gets to come, you know, maybe does this, if he's um, going he's, to do this? He's he's 100% bought in. I mean, he's all about it. He um, He's 100% convinced he can do it, and every day he has me more and more convinced he can. Um, I just think it's a matter of a team, you know, I think really the long shot is a team taking a chance on him. I don't think yeah. the long shot is him being able to hit or play. Um, I just don't think he's really in a spot. If it, if it was six years ago and he was you know 47 and he was six years out of the game, I think people would be taking it a lot more serious. Um, and I think a lot of teams kind of heard, you know, saw the article, heard some of the stuff, and were just like, oh, you know, whatever, it'll blow over. But he's still on it. I mean, he still really, he still really wants to get back in the game. Is play. is he committed enough where you think if a certain team came to him and said, "Hey, we'd like you to play independent ball for thirty days or something to show us what you got," do you think he would do that, or it's either major leagues or bust? I mean, he says that you know he wants to. I mean, he basically just wants to go back straight to the big leagues, but I think that that's easier to say that without somebody throwing that opportunity to you. Yeah. You know, if somebody well, I, came I was, up and yeah. said, hey, you go play 30 days in independent ball and you show us that you can still play, you know, we'll sign you and you can you can come back to the big leagues. Or, you know, you go to AAA and, you know, for a week or two weeks and prove that you can, you can do it in affiliated ball and then you'll be in the big leagues. To me, that, that is a hard offer to, to turn down it's easier to say no way i'm doing that yeah and that offer's not on the table and then when somebody throws hey you know six weeks of baseball just showing us you can do it and you're back in the big leagues i think most guys would would you know jump at that offer you, you know why i throw that out there preston because to me it's not just whether he still has the swing whether he can still hit the ball it's can he can he do it and run the bases i'm not even talking about playing first base but let's say he was a designated hitter, but can he run the bases without pulling a muscle, you know, the way he could have when he was yeah. 33, you know? I mean, that, that again, like, that's a – to me, that's another thing that won't be, you know, found out until you play because, you know, everybody can do all the working out and all the running you want, and guys do it all, you know, all off season, and they go to spring training, and three days into spring training, guys get hurt. Yep. Because preparing – to for baseball activity the only way you can do it is by you know getting back out there and having those four-hour workouts where you you know run the bases and you do cutoffs and relays and you do ground balls and baseball shape is a weird thing and you know I think it's it's pretty easy right now for him to say I feel good my legs feel good and you know I feel like I can go do this it'd be different, you know, I'm sure he would have maybe the same answer or a different answer if he went through a couple weeks of spring training to kind of get a feeling, and I mean, I think that it would be more real, I think he could run and do it, I really do, I think his, 
he's in good enough shape. Um, I think the thing would be 160 games, playing first base, hitting, running the bases, traveling, all that. I just I don't know. I mean, yeah. I think offensively he would hold up. I just don't know about you know running and stuff, but. If anybody could do it, it's probably him. Well, now you and I have had this conversation before in in terms of back when I talked to you and we had you on this show in, in back in May, I think it was. But w- how much of this now with him is obviously it didn't end. The career did not end the way he wanted it to for the reasons that are well documented. But how much of this is just proven, it, proven to himself that – yeah, I can still do this, but also, also kind of go out on his own, own terms. terms. Yeah, I think it's more of that than than anything. It's, mm-hmm. I don't think it's necessarily. Um, I think a lot of people are like, "Oh, you know, he wants to get back to the big leagues." And this, it's more to him about kind of riding off into the sunset his way, yeah. and you know, writing his final chapter yeah. because you know everybody dreams of. Tony Gwynn, Cal Ripken Jr. retirement where, you know, you play in the all-star game, you know, you hit the home run and then you're, you're done. And it's just like, you know, you're golden and your career is perfect. And that, and, you know, Derek Jeter hits a walk-off hit in his last at bat. And it's like, man, could it, could, you know, things have ended any more perfect. And for 99% of baseball players, it doesn't end like that. Yeah. You know, it's not always so bad, but it doesn't really end the way you want it to. And I think for him, he would like to just be the one that gets to say, this is how my final chapter of baseball ends. You know, I made it back. I played. I showed that I could do it. Now I'm leaving the game because I want to, not because Because nobody wants me there. You know what I mean? You know, it's interesting. You use the phrase, you know, um, if anybody can do it, I know he can. I had that same sense when Jim Palmer tried to come back. After how many years had he been retired? Yeah, a couple. He had been, been gone a couple three of years. Or four years, right? And then, and then the game in uh, Fort Myers against the Red Sox, right? Uh, he pitched and wound up hurting himself again. Yep. And then at that point in time, that comeback, and you could—I mean, the motion was there, the velocity was there, all the things that we've come to know Jim Palmer for down through the years was there. Yep. And and Except I think it age. was like well I think he he knew he felt like he could do it but the body told him otherwise. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I I I really don't know because it's it's easy to sit here and watch him hit, you know, off off the tee or you know BP and I've hit him some ground balls and see him run and and there are people that are anybody can do that anybody that's playing professional baseball at any level looks pretty good doing all those things. Um, I really, I think he can do it. I honestly do. I, I believe that if, you know, if he got the opportunity, he would, he would be successful. Um, I just, I don't know how, how likely it is, you know, at this point. Hey, Preston, before we let you go, let me, let me pick your brain as a scout, Preston Palmero. Yeah. The Orioles, <laughs> the Orioles made a trade about six weeks ago. They acquired an outfielder, Jacob Brugman, from the Oakland A's, and it was mm-hmm. announced the other day that they gave up a pitcher named Jake Bray, who was yeah. two and five with a three point eight eight ERA, but in fifty one innings struck out eighty two, walked only fourteen. Did the A's get themselves a prospect here? 
Yeah, I mean, I think the I think Jake is really good. I played with him in um, Aberdeen for a few weeks, my first season, and then he went up to Delmarva, and then I was with him all year this year. And uh, you know, I think he's he's uh, he's kind of a, a prospect in terms of being a, uh, a in terms of being a closer. Um, he was pretty much lights out for us. Yep. Uh, I mean, the only issue you know, with our team is that we didn't win a lot. So there weren't a ton of save opportunities for him. But as far as I know, I think he was at the top or he led the South Atlantic League in saves. I mean, he had 18 18 of them. Yep. I mean, he was pretty locked down. I mean, he had a lot of times, you know, ninth inning rolled around, maybe eighth inning, close game, one or two run lead. Bray was coming in and, you know, he was, he's a big time strikeout guy, like you said. And, you know, for a, for a late inning reliever like that, I, um, you know, that's big. And I, he, I know he's not on like, you know, baseball America or minor league baseball, but, uh, you know, those top prospect lists, but he's, um, he's kind of a sneaky, mm-hmm. you know, a sneaky prospect where I think that, you know, being, being a pitcher like that, you can move kind of quick, striking out a lot of guys, proving that you can get batters out late in the game. I mean, that's you've seen how incredibly valuable that isn't valuable. That is in the big league. So, you know, I think that, that's the you know good for the A's that they got him. You know I like Jake. He was really good for us, but um, I think he's kind of a sneaky prospect. All right, Preston. We hope you sneak up into the uh, higher realms of the Orioles uh, minor league organization. We're going to keep our eyes on you and hoping you're at Frederick uh, come opening day of the Keys this year. Tell mom and dad we sure. said uh, happy holidays too, and tell dad I'll try to give him a call here in the not too distant future. All right, guys, sounds good. All right, thanks very much, Preston. Happy holidays to you.